Welcome to another episode of the On the Clock NFL Draft Podcast. I'm Shannon. Hey, with Damian and Eugene. How are you guys doing today? We good. I'm chilling. Beautiful Sunday afternoon here in Philly. Uh, it just stopped yeah. raining down here, but other than that, I'm Gucci. Like I'm relaxing. Mm. I'm relaxing. It feels like it's like five. Feels like it's like five or six o'clock. So I keep looking at the mm-hmm. time. Like man, I still got a couple hours left in the day, so I'm gonna enjoy it. Yeah, Hope it's so. Still early. Yeah. Um, so today we're going to do a mock NFL draft. Um, the draft is this Thursday, so we're mm-hmm. going to give our picks um, for each team. And what we're going to do first is a coin toss to see who gonna, who's going to pick first, and then we'll just alternate between Damian and Eugene. So I have a coin here. I have a dime. Um, Damian picked tails. Eugene picked heel, heads. So let's see who's going to pick first. Heads. What I tell you? There you go. <laughs> hey, the coin never lies. Yeah, I knew it was gonna happen to me two times in a row. All right. So, so that means that um, Eugene gets the first pick, and then Damian and Eugene will just alternate picks until we get to the end. And we're gonna do um, the first round only today. Yeah. Okay. So, you guys ready to start? Let's do it. Yep, All we're right. ready. So, picking number one are the Cincinnati Bengals. Eugene, what do you have? Well, all right. So, I'm going to be Roger Goodell walking up to the podium. Everybody booing him. <laughs> and he's going to say, welcome to the draft and all that nonsense. And in short order, he's going to say, with the first pick in the NFL draft, the Cincinnati Bengals select Joe Burrow. Uh-huh. So, that's who I'm going with, with the first pick. I mean, it's a no-brainer at this point. They might as well start contract negotiations with them. Well, they probably don't even have to now, but that's that's going to be the first pick in the draft. And, you know, it makes sense because they need a quarterback. Joe Burrow is a, probably the best option for the Bengals. Uh-huh. So they might as well. That's going. That's the easiest pick in the draft. What are they going to do with Andy Dalton? Um, I'm going to be honest. What I think is going to end up happening with Dalton uh, Dalton recently stated that he is he is perfectly fine being the backup, and, and it's only one wow. year left. Um, he's due, I think. So he just gave million. up. Yeah, he, yeah, because I mean, the only team that I know there was a lot of talk about the Patriots getting the Patriots and not have the, the money for it. Um, plus, how they don't have they don't have a second round pick, and I do not believe Bill Belichick's going to just. I mean, he's done weirder things, but I don't believe he's going to hand over a pick for. Andy Dalton. I just like mm-hmm. not, you know, not a top three round pick. Maybe four for fifth, but mm-hmm. I don't see anything higher than that. But Andy Dalton is kind of, you know, set within himself, and and he's comfortable being a backup, being the guy that helped Joe Burrow come in and and, and help him get used to the league. Uh, which at the end of the day, I think it's a good move, especially for Joe, Joe Burrow, because at the end of the day, like mm-hmm. they don't even have. We don't know when when like training camp's going to start or if there will be a training we don't know what's going to happen yet so if, mm-hmm. if we go too deep into the into the summer and these guys don't get a chance to truly work out together i'm i'm sorry i'm not starting joe burrow so i'm starting andy dalton that makes sense i let, yeah, makes I let sense. joe burrow kind of you know feel his way through and maybe by week eight you got the reins young fella yeah that makes sense yeah no. All right, so at number two, we have the Washington Redskins. Damien, who would you pick at number two? Oh, man, listen. Um, that's, this is easy money. 
Ron Rivera, don't you mess this up. Uh, <laughs> you've had, you, know, I, you had him in the back end of his career, but before you got to Carolina, you had a guy, there, there was a guy there who was a Hall of Fame caliber player. I think he's going to go in the Hall of Fame, Julius Peppers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when I look at Chase Young, a.k.a. the Predator, I think that is what he could become. And mm-hmm. you don't pass up 6'5", 6'6", 260, and that athletic build and, and, and freakish traits, a guy that led the season and led the nation in sacks, and he was out, what, two or three games for a fluky suspension? Like, mm-hmm. there's this is a no-brainer. <clears throat> you have to take um, Chase Young. Plus, at the same time, if you don't get rid of Ryan Kerrigan, now you have Ryan Kerrigan, Chase Young, and Montez Sweat to mm-hmm. bring yourself kind of a NASCAR package when it comes down to rushing the passer. Danny Dimes, Carson uh, Carson Wentz, as, and whenever they pay Dak Prescott, those three quarterbacks you need to get after because if you mm-hmm. can nullify them, you can win a division. Get Chase Young. I'm taking Chase Young. So do you guys think that he's better than the Bosa brothers? Because that was being said a lot um, last year. I I do because of the fact that his traits are – the Bosa brothers weren't freaky athletes. Mm-hmm. Um, they were just really good football players. You know, Nick Bosa – I said it before Nick Bosa got into the league, when you look at his build and his frame, he would be able to set the edge better than Joey did. Joey's a little slender, uh, longer – you know, long arms – things like that, he plays a little different. And Nick is a really powerful young man. But when you look at uh, look at Young, he has both long arms, long athletic physical frame, and he's powerful as all get out. Um, mm-hmm. He knows how to use his hands. He has counter moves. He still could, you know, finish developing as a pass rusher. But for me, I when you anytime you, you take a guy that does have a similar type of pedigree or polishness, uh, polish to his game and then you add the athletic ability to mm-hmm. me I'm always taking a guy with the better with the most athletic ability anyway Makes yeah sense. yeah I would say the same thing it's like the Bosa brothers are uh, polished uh, technicians at rushing the passer uh, Chase has a little ways to go in in terms of catching up with them but that'll take like a season maybe two seasons something like that but he has the superior athletic ability so he's going to be able to get by on his athletic ability year one. And once the, the technique catches up, then he's going to be a serious problem. Mm-hmm. All right. So at number three, we have the Detroit Lions. Eugene, who would you pick at number three? Um, Yeah, I'm keeping it. Uh, I'm keeping it easy, taking the best player on the on the board. And I'm saying cornerback uh, Jeff Okuda because mm-hmm. um, they just traded away Darius Slay. They need some help in the at the cornerback position. I know they like the kid that they drafted uh, last year from Penn state, but he was a fifth round pick and you still, and you can never have enough cornerbacks. And this guy is, you know, he's your day one cornerback. You just, he's plug and play. So mm-hmm. I'm just taking Jeff Okuda and, you know, I'm starting my secondary over in Detroit. Makes sense. Says they were ranked 29th last year. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So they, they need that help. They need that help. Yeah, mm-hmm. especially and Matt Patricia want to play man across the board. Why not take the best man cover corner there? But I'll say, mm-hmm. I'll say, what he. This is just my personal opinion. I love Jeff Okuda. What I would have done is, Matt, first of all, Matt Patricia needs to do better in how he's handling his players, especially veterans, uh, mm-hmm. because of all, everything that Darius Slay has stated. <clears throat> you got to understand, you're not Bill Belichick. You do not have the rings. Yeah, you you have the rings. 
but nobody's going to credit you for those rings. Mm-hmm. They're going to credit yeah. Tom Brady and Bill Belichick for those rings. Yeah. And I would have, if you could have, you know, rectified that relationship with Darius Slay, I would have kept Slay, pay him the money he wants to be paid, and mm-hmm. then I would have went and I would have drafted Derek Brown at number three. But mm-hmm. you yeah. know, you kind of put, you kind of put yourself in the kind of pigeonhole yourself. You give it to Darius Slay, and it's like, well, let's look at the secondary. You have to, yeah, right. you have you have to, to get yeah. Jeff Okuda. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, so Damian, who would you pick at number four? For the New York Giants, uh, for me, I and I've been kind of mocking him to the Giants the past couple mock drafts I've made, which mm-hmm. mock, mock draft set point, uh, 7.0 will be out right before the draft, actually. Um, but for me, I'm going Isaiah Simmons. And the reason why I continue to, to put him there is because this defense needs what we call a dog. They need mm-hmm. a dude, and they don't mm-hmm. have any right now. Uh, mm-hmm. They have some They have some young up and comers that I, I do like on their on their defense, but they need a game changer. And as we've seen so many clips and so so much game tape of Isaiah Simmons playing slot corner, uh, I, I recall uh, the year uh, that I believe they played Notre Dame. Uh, he's actually on your roster, Miles Boykins, in the slot, mm-hmm. and he shut him down on a couple of reps. And uh, and you see him covering receivers, you see him covering tight ends and running backs, and mm-hmm. then you see him playing safety. And he's picking off guys in, in, the, in the playoffs at safety. He is an ultimate game changer. I know a lot of people are like, well, where is he going to play? In my personal opinion, I don't really care. I'm going to mm-hmm. use him. Exactly. You, you, you look at Alvin, like at some point we have to use defenders the way that offenses use offensive players. You got mm-hmm. Christian McCaffrey, they move him everywhere. Alvin yeah. Kamara, mm-hmm. they move him everywhere. You know, mm-hmm. Zach Ertz is sometimes outside. He's in the slot. He's attached to the to the offensive line. They, they move offensive players around to create matchups. Well, how mm-hmm. do you nullify that? I need a piece that I can move with your move. It's like chess, yeah. baby. I'm moving mm-hmm. with you. And eventually, I'm trying to take you, like, take over the game and, and, and win that matchup. <laughs> so, I, for me, I got to go Isaiah Simmons because he is, a, honestly, he's a top three player in this draft. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like, yeah. The question is what everybody says with Isaiah Simmons: Where do you play him? What is he? You play him everywhere because he is everything. Mm-hmm. You you put him on your most dangerous weapon on offense, and you just tell him to stay with that man and eliminate that man. Um, if all else fails, you just tell him go sack the quarterback. Mm-hmm. But he's he's one of those players. I mean, versatility is the name of his game. You put him wherever you want to and you just use him to the to the best of his abilities. He literally can do whatever you need him to do on the field. He's mm-hmm. he's a very rare and special player. I, I was, I've seen a Oh, go ahead. I was, I was I've seen a lot of um Giants fans and other fans as well just debating whether or not the Giants should go defense or offense first. And I was saying defense because mm-hmm. even though you have a young quarterback, you have Saquon the Giants have not had that defensive player that they've been known for when they've been on championship runs, when they've won championships. So I was saying, I was saying go defense, but I've noticed that some Giants fans are starting to lean towards getting the offensive alignment because they feel like they need somebody to protect Danny um, block for Saquon. So would you guys be surprised if they went offensive lineman with at number four? No, no. Cause they need that. They need that as well. They do need an offensive lineman bad. Um, and like you got a franchise quarterback, first thing you do is got to protect them. So I right. wouldn't be surprised if they went offensive tackle there as well. But I would just say, I would say that uh, 
Simmons at that point would probably will be the better talent than mm-hmm. than an offensive tackle. But I mean, either it's not it's can't not a wrong, wrong answer either way. Yeah. Can't go can't wrong. Go. The, only, the main thing for me is that I rather I rather go Simmons because in the second round there's a lot of there's a lot there's a lot of depth at the offensive tackle spot. Whether yeah. Austin Jackson falls, you got Lucas uh, Lucas Nyang from TCU. Uh, yep. Prince, you got Ezra. Prince from Auburn. It's, it's Ezra. a lot of tackle, you know. Ezra, yeah, Ezra Cleveland, you know, Ben Barch in the third, fourth round. There's a lot of talent yeah. in the tackles. But now, granted, of course, the top guys are the guys that can play day one. Some of these other guys, right. you're you're not they need some time. Be, yeah, they need some time, especially with a shorter off season. They're mm-hmm. gonna need some time. And and I, while I understand that you want to you, – you, listen, as a fan, you want your team to be competitive out the gate, and I get mm-hmm. that. But you have to look at the – you got to play the, the, the long road, the long ball. You got to think about, you know, just the longevity. It's like, hey, if we can get a second round, a third round tackle and, you know, help him develop, then we got Danny Dimes who gets better in year two. Saquon, you know, stays healthy and everything else. Year three, then that's when you say, hey, we are coming for – we're going for a playoff run. We're legit mm-hmm. going for a playoff run, and, and you go about that because then you have yourself a stud defensive lineman in the middle or in the middle of your defense in Isaiah Simmons, and then you can use your picks next year for other defenders. You can do a lot of different things. I just think mm-hmm. about being, for me, I think about what is the most flexible plan, and for me, I think that's picking Isaiah Simmons. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. So at number five, we have the Miami Dolphins. Eugene, who would you pick at number five? Um. Dolphins, I mean, they tank for Tua. They've been tanking, so might as well take Tua. Mm-hmm. So I'll say take Tua right there. They need the quarterback, and mm-hmm. Tua is the best quarterback available on the board. Um, you give him weapons uh, with Devontae Parker and Preston Williams on the outside. He's got some stuff to work with. Brand-new coach down there. He's trying to instill a uh, new culture down there. He's just—I mean—they're just now starting off, so you might as well start off with your franchise quarterback. Whether he's healthy or not, that's that's your guy. You take him right there. Mm-hmm. If you got to sit him for the first what five or six games or something or whatever, wait till he's healthy. Sit that's him fine. Twenty twenty. Yeah, yeah. If you got if you, I mean, if you got to ride that Fitz Magic or where, whoever they got back there, mm-hmm. sit him the whole even year if, if he, he needs to. Right. Again. Even if he turns back into Fitz Tragic, it doesn't matter. Start yeah. him all yeah. season. Let Tua sit there and, and, and learn. Let him hold that clipboard. Let him mm-hmm, learn the mm-hmm. game at the end of the NFL. Let, let him master. Because I think the most underrated part about court, young quarterbacks being able to sit for a year, they honestly can master your playbook while they are as as the backup. The they don't have mm-hmm. to exactly. try and master it on the fly <laughs> as they're still playing. Let him sit. Fitzpatrick is a great teacher. And mm-hmm. yeah. He can legitimately sit behind Fitzpatrick. He can hold that clipboard, master your playbook. Now going into the next offseason, then he can start doing those throwing sessions with with the starters. He can start Mm -hmm. flying guys out. He can really start to take a hold of this offense before he even takes a snap. So Mm -hmm. I think that's probably the best bet for him. So. But I don't trust now the we, Well, we know – I was going to say, now, we know the Dolphins have made that mistake before years ago with Drew Brees. Mm-hmm. So, do you guys think it's a possibility that they could, you know, not pick Tua because they're yes. worried about his fit? Absolutely. Yeah. They have – they is a they, very they high like, percentage. They would screw this up. They like Herbert for whatever reason. They do. Um, they do. I'm not a fan. And, yeah. And, I mean, I heard, I heard a rumor months ago at the Combine that Tua came away from his uh, Dolphins interview – 
not happy with yes. that uh with slighted. the organization no, yeah no, he felt yeah so that's that's not i mean that's that's where they should go but mm-hmm. it may not be exactly where they go just for that pretty much just to, for personal reasons that goes back to bill belichick disciples trying to be him because mm-hmm. the thing about bill belichick he never because remember i remember last year uh debo samuel really believed he was going to be a patriot he, he said mm-hmm. him and bill belichick hit it off perfectly he really believed the, the Patriots were going to select him. Mm-hmm. And then they selected Nikhil Harry. So, mm. like, Belichick plays everything close to the vest. He doesn't really try to give you any inkling like, hey, we really like this kid, you mm-hmm. know, things like that. He tries to keep it close to the vest so nobody knows anything. So when he makes mm-hmm. a pick, it's a pick that nobody saw coming, things like that. And Brian Flores and we're trying to do the same thing with Tua. The only problem is, Tua didn't. He didn't take take it well. It was like he didn't appreciate it. He didn't appreciate that. Like if you if you like a guy, let that guy know that hey, we we want you on our team. Like mm-hmm. especially if he's your quarterback. Yeah, we want you. If you, right, it's it's yeah. different. You're talking about a running back. Like well, I can get another one of you later. Yeah, I mean you're mm-hmm. a dime a dozen, but you know, if that's going to be the face of your franchise, then come like you got you got to give him a good interview, man. Give him you know. Show him who you are as a coach and staff, and exactly you know, and what you're capable of, and, and see where where he stands and what his personality is, and see if it meshes. Don't be like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, try to play hardball. Like this isn't, th- you know, you're not buying the house. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? You're not yeah. buying the house. Like, you know what? You this isn't a good price. I'm gonna go two blocks down. There's a different guy down there, and I'm like, you know, mm-hmm. no, this is not that situation. No. You don't mm-hmm. play hardball like that. That's it's just that was impossible yeah. in my opinion. Be upfront with yeah. your guy. Like if that's your guy, like you're our guy. We're gonna take you. Mm-hmm. That's all you gotta exactly. say. Exactly. Um. So at number six, we have the Los Angeles Chargers. Damian, who would you pick at number six? At number six for the Chargers, man. Oh man, I because I'm uh, I'm not going Justin Herbert. Uh, I just I. I don't believe in giving, of sending him there. I could see that happening, but I'm not doing it. Um, They're better off getting Cam. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I prefer them to get Cam. Let like Cam and Tyrod battle it out, which we kind of know. As long as they're both healthy, we know where that's going to go. Um, mm-hmm. But for me, I mean, Isaiah Simmons is off the board. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a tough one. I'm going offensive line, though. Um, and I'm going, uh, I'm actually going to go Tristan Wirfs. And take you know, off as a tackle, mm-hmm. um, but the reason why I'm doing that also is because, granted, they they did bring in some veteran, uh, veteran guys at the tackle spot. But if if they do solidify the tackle and you're fine with those two guys, mm-hmm. Dan Feeney, the, the I think it's a left guard <laughs> spot has been a problem for a couple seasons. Dan Feeney, who they drafted, uh, I believe out of Indiana, has not you know he's not fared well in the NFL. Uh, Forrest Lamp has not been healthy. He came in with a lot mm-hmm. of hype. Uh, I loved Forrest Lamp coming out. He played tackle um, coming out, and then everybody's like, well, he's too short, and he doesn't have the long arms, all stuff like that. Just the normal, just, like, physical bias. And they was mm-hmm. like, well, let's kick him inside. And But he just couldn't stay healthy. For me, I'm bringing in Tristan Wirfs to where either he's my swing tackle for the mm-hmm. first year or he's my starting left guard because they did trade for Trey Turner when they sent, um, I forget the, Russell Okun to the Carolina Panthers, they traded for Trey Turner at right guard. So either mm-hmm. way, I either have my swing tackle as a backup tackle to learn and develop to get ready for the following season, or I have me a starting guard because you want to make that offensive line for whoever your quarterback is, is as physical and as dominant and as protective as possible. 
whether mm-hmm. it's Cam, Tyrod, if you want to get a rookie in the second round, whatever you want to do, you got to fix the offensive line. Make sure you have the best front five up there. Right. I've seen um, another offensive tackle, Jed- Jedrick Wills, listed as someone mm-hmm. that can be a top um, draft pick. Mm-hmm. So my yeah. question is, why would you go? Why wouldn't you pick him? And is this comparable to Stanley and Tunsil being in the draft when they were considered two of the top uh, tackles in their draft? So for me, Jedrick Wills is legit a tackle, and mm-hmm. for the Chargers, they have a they have a two all two two spot uh, need where it's either interior O line or tackle. And I I look at uh, Tristan Wirfs and his physical makeup is more he if he if he can't start at, at tackle he can kick in that guard. guard. And be good, is, is, very good at it. Jedrick okay. Wills is a legit book and tackle. He's okay. not a guy mm-hmm. that you're going to kick inside. So that's the only reason why I did that. Uh, but Jedrick Wills is my, my top offensive tackle. Yeah, okay. yeah, I would say, yeah, say, <laughs> say right there, you, you value versatility over. I mean, because talent-wise, they're on par with each other, but you take the, uh, the guard tackle versatility. So that way, that leaves you room for if somebody it gets injured or something like that, you can mm-hmm. move him around. Or you know, I mean, you can fit him where where he fits best at. Mm-hmm. Um. So at number seven, we have the Carolina Panthers. Eugene, who would you pick? Um, Carolina Panthers. You got to go with the best player on the board right now, and that's mm-hmm. Derek Brown, um, defensive tackle out of Auburn. And I, I believe the Panthers playing a three four now, but you is is ways you can you can scheme around that, do some four line sets, and I mean just put him you put him on the defensive line, you tell him to go get it. Mm-hmm. I mean it's kind it's kind of I think he's one of the best players in this draft, and even even the fall to fall to five, I think that's a little bit of a slide, but you know mm-hmm. the quarterbacks. But I say the Panthers at this point take. Take, take the best player on, on the take the best player on the board. Yeah, I mean falling to uh, seven to the Panthers. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think he's the best player on the board at that point, and you got to go with the best player. I thought I thought about uh, going Justin Herbert there for long and hard, but I, I can't I can't pass up uh, I can't pass up a defensive tackle. Yeah, makes sense. Um, so Damian at eight, we have the Arizona Cardinals. Who would you pick? So my my last pick, which was for the Chargers, actually set up this pick for the Cardinals, which is Jedrick Wills. Jedrick Wills. <laughs> mm-hmm. pick, it really set it up perfectly because Jedrick Wills is the, is the guy that I would love to see in Arizona. His movement skills, his nasty, just aggressive and grit, gritty type of attitude um, to add to that offense. They they had they legit go about six deep at receiver. Uh-huh. Cliff Kingsbury wants to spread it out. He wants to come out with that one back and four receivers or one back, three receivers and a tight end. He wants to get as many athletes on the field, but you only way you can do that is if you can confidently block with your front five, and they couldn't do that uh-huh. like that last year. Now you bring in Jedrick Wills. You have DJ Humphreys, on, I think, at the left tackle spot. So Jedrick Wills doesn't have to worry about flipping his hips and playing the opposite side. He sticks right to the side he was on all 2019, and mm-hmm. he, he stays in the same position. Now you have two bookend tackles. You're off, the, the interior, they can help each other out and double team here and there and, and do what they need to do to communicate and make sure there's no interior pressure. Now the special thrower that we all know Kyler Murray to be, 
Now he has a, he has a front five that can keep him upright, and he doesn't mm-hmm. have to run all game. Good luck, NFC West, because mm-hmm. with those with Hopkins and Fitz and Kirk mm-hmm. and those young cats they have over there as a receiver and Kenyon Drake in the backfield, it's gonna be a whole, it's gonna be a lot harder to keep tabs on Kyler Murray if they protect him this year. Yeah, I saw that they were ranked about 13th last year. So getting picking picking him, um, you think that they would definitely be in the top ten, if not the top five next year offensively. Mm-hmm. Yep. So Eugene, at number mm-hmm. nine, we have the Jacksonville Jaguars. Who would you pick at number nine? Uh Jacksonville is at this point Jacksonville has a serious question. Uh they gotta ask themselves, how much do you believe in Gardner Minshew? Because you looking at Justin Herbert right in the face, and then you got to choose between him and Gardner Minshew. Uh, I, me personally, I would take Justin Herbert, but I don't think they're going to do that because mm-hmm. they like they like Mister Porn Stash. But um, <laughs> I'm gonna go. It, it, it looks like a porno mustache. He got it, straight it, out of the seventies. You know, he looks weird. Oh, porn mustache and George. <laughs> <laughs> he looks very weird. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna go. Uh, they need they need a replacement for uh, Jalen Ramsey. So I'm gonna go C.J. Henderson right here. A little early for C.J., but I mean he's the second corner, second best corner on the board. They need cornerback help. Um, athletically, he's not far away from uh, Jeff Okuda at all. Uh, the only thing that separates them is is consistency and and technical skills. Mm-hmm. But they he's a he's a plug and play day one starter at the cornerback position, and that's a position of need for them because I mean when their defense was good, it was built around excellent cornerback play and pass rush. Mm-hmm. So they need to get that back, and you got to start it with CJ. Wow. I wasn't even thinking that. Hey, you got to shake it up. Shout out yeah. to Tom Coughlin, man. You know, he completely destroyed the AFC Stop Championship. Oh, my God. God. So shout out to Tom Coughlin, man. You know, you a real one. You a real one, brother. He said, that's a nice franchise you got there. It'd be, uh, be funny if somebody <laughs> went and ruined it. No. Tom Coughlin, just, he's just old. It's just listen, it's like you, hey. it's like you say about Bill, Bill Belichick. They got to get out there old ways. Like, they, they, they old school. Yeah, right they're way now, too old school. Tom Coughlin, somebody, Tom Coughlin was sitting in his office. Watching a bull in the china shop, he's like, "Hold my beer." Like, you think you just made that. some damage? Let me show you something. Like, I'm gonna sign Blake Bortles, who's probably the most average quarterback. No, the most below average quarterback I think I've ever seen. Um, mm-hmm. That was actually a starter for multiple seasons. Um, oh God. Then he went and signed Nick Foles, which that was a, you know you see who might be even average. more below average. Right, and then you don't sign, you don't uh, pay Jalen Ramsey. You cause so much issues with Yannick Ngakwe. That's why he doesn't want to be there anymore. Leonard Fournette's like Will Smith in the in the on Fresh Prince in the empty house. Like, yes. like where but Tom go? Coughlin, Tom Coughlin is gone though, right? Yeah, all he's going now. Still there, all, but his damage is done. His damage oh is done. God. Yeah, all the issues it, he created. Is exactly. Like, how you managed to piss off two of your best players Let's and now they went out? Well, it was somebody. It was somebody on. I think the Titans. It was a play on the Titans. Maybe um, he kind of came out defending Tom Coughlin almost when he was talking about. Um, I forgot what the issues were that they were having in Jacksonville, but he said something 
in defense of Tom. And it made me think, like, he's just old school. Like, some of the ways that they go about things of him wanting you to be on time and not doing this and not, they just have rules. Like, but yeah. these are, these guys are young and they, it yeah, don't Yeah, they're work. not trying to hear that. It don't work. It's, right. It don't the, work. Yeah. The, the, what, hurt, the, what hurt Caulfield's credibility is that he went and paid the most, the, the, the least talented guy on the roster, who is Blake Bortles. Like, mm-hmm. you, yeah. you went and paid a bad quarterback. You pay this guy. Overpaying mm-hmm. your elite players, like you do, that's just that's just something you don't do, you know. Yeah. You know well, the thing about the thing about Blake um, Bortles is I don't know what his um, numbers were that year, but the year the year when he got signed, that's when they were um, in the AFC Championship, right? Yep, and they they rode yeah. that defense and they rode Leonard Fournette. Yeah, right. And so he just made a couple plays. Sometimes, uh, like it makes me think about the Ravens in two thousand, right? Because mm-hmm. they got rid of Trent Dofa and he was basically a game manager, but they probably got rid of him thinking that the next guy was going to be able to, you know, put us over the top. Yeah. And it didn't. And it really didn't. You know, so maybe they just felt like, let's run with this one more time. And that's why they bought Bortles back. But just, I don't yeah. agree with the whole Foles thing. You know, that was, that was I didn't understand that. That was dumb. The following year, you treat him off to the Bears. That that yeah. tree had Brock Osweiler written all over it. Oh, oh, and it was it was dumb when they made the trade. I'm like, oh, this is going to blow up in their face. I've tried to like, tell people the same thing. Yeah, Nick Foles I mean, is well, a walking can, quarterback controversy. They can always bring in Joe Flacco, you know. <laughs> no, Joe Flacco's <laughs> Joe Flacco's coming to the Eagles. Oh God. Joe uh, Flacco is know, coming to the Eagles. I, I don't know if Joe is ready to be a backup yet. I really, I would have to see if he would subscribe to that. Oh, he is. They, 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 yeah. they've tampered. They've been tampering with Joe, Joe for a long time. Say, Listen, no, nah, what Joe can't do is Joe can't pull a mellow. You know what I'm saying? What I'm saying mm. Joe can't be like, well, you know, how everybody's like, well, Melo don't, Melo, Carmelo doesn't want to be a, he doesn't want to come off the uh, bench. bench. Um, mm-hmm. But Carmelo is also. A, an elite basketball player. Joe Flacco was a cool guy. But it reminds me of... Um, I'm being generous when I say cool guy. <laughs> Whatever. It reminds me of... Um, what was the guy's name that was with the Bears? Um, Cutler. Jay Cutler? Oh, God. Cutler, right. Because my thing is, yeah. he... Him and Joe Flacco on the same boat, right? Mm-hmm. And Joe... It's like... I just can't see Joe Flacco saying, "Yeah, I'll go to Philly or anywhere, and I'm gonna be a backup." I, I just, I just don't see well, that. For I don't him. know where he's gonna go. But yeah, I'm he's gonna, not, he's not been, gonna start well, anywhere. I've been saying retire. I've been saying that yeah. before he went to Denver. So I think he he's had some injuries but, the past couple of years, and that's too. why. But that's why I've been saying retire. I mean, but if, but he has a lot of kids. So if if he needs a check, go ahead to go to Philly. Yeah, I want to say yeah. If he if somebody wants to give him a check, yeah. At this point, I mean, Joe, you might as well play the next five or six years. He can do a backup if that's what he, yeah, wants. he wants. I to, just, yeah. I just don't see it. Collect that check, buddy. Collect that check. It's just something that I'm, I, don't, I don't see it, but we'll see. You got a lot of kids put through college, Joe. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, so, so at number ten, um, Damian, we have the Cleveland Browns. Who would you pick? Whew, the Cleveland Browns. I have to go offensive line. So Trisha mm-hmm. Wirfs off the board. Uh, Jedrick Wills is off the board. Somehow Makai Becton fell. So I'm giving. Mm. The Cleveland Browns, Makai Becton. And one of the oh. last year, so Baker Mayfield's rookie year, Baker Mayfield played very well, um, mm-hmm. especially for a rookie. Um, you know, he had his ups and downs at times. But the main thing, they were able to protect him a lot better his rookie year. Last year, mm-hmm. that offensive line was atrocious. The only thing they could do is run the ball. 
They couldn't mm-hmm. protect him. That made mm-hmm. him like. I, I remember, the, remember Sam Darnold against the Patriots said he was seeing. I think it was Sam Darnold said he was seeing ghosts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's that's what happens when you start knocking quarterbacks around. They start seeing ghosts. They, yep. Everybody, they don't always say it, but you can see Baker Mayfield real dropping thing. back, and he is paranoid. He is completely paranoid. He can't get mm-hmm. off of the first read sometimes because he's like, well, if I move off this read, man, and that next guy is not available, I'm mm-hmm. done. And it's just like I'm gonna get killed. Greg Robinson was his left tackle. They, the guy that they traded Zietler, the, uh, they drafted Austin Corbett, who they put at uh, in Zietler's spot. They ended up trading him to the to the Rams. So it was just like a complete and other mess. It was a mess mm-hmm. on the offensive line. But bringing in Makai Becton, a big, strong, physical guy, to me he reminds me of Trent Brown, who who the Patriots mm-hmm. had, um, you know, the, you know, in 2018, who now is the starting left tackle for the Raiders, uh, starting left or right tackle. I can't remember where they got him at now, but. He, you know, big, nimble, athletic guy for their size with long arms, power. That's going to help Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt run the ball that much better. But you've got to protect Baker Mayfield. With the weapons that they have, protect, protect Baker and let him get the ball out of his hands. Also, do not have him on a bunch of seven-step drops trying to throw the ball 50 yards on no, the field every other no. one. Quick like, hitters. Mm-hmm. Quick hitters. Get him into a rhythm and let mm-hmm. Baker be Baker. As simple as that. And check it down to, oh God, check, check, yes, check it down, David and Joku, please. That'll help you out so much. Like with Baker, like you, you see him dropping back, and you see his eyes is falling down, and and he's looking at the rush instead of looking at his progression. It's like, mm-hmm. yo, help your young quarterback out before he develops bad habits. Yeah. So what? Oh, so man. what if what if the Redskins called you and offered you um, Trent Williams for that tenth pick? Would you go Trent or would you stay with Makai? Heck yeah, I'm going Trent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got it. You got to. I'm going to <laughs> you got that, to. That's a proven starter and a guy you don't have to develop. That's a guy oh, yeah. with the term plug and play. You throw him right into the lineup, and your line's instantly better because uh, he's mm-hmm. a guy that can go one-on-one with any rusher in the NFL. The Von Miller, yeah. the J.J. Watts, the Khalil Max. He can go yeah. against anyone in a, in a, in a, in a, conf, in a, in a division that has your Ravens, who – Last year, blitz, I think, on third downs, especially, mm-hmm. over 60% of the time. You need to be able to protect your quarterback. Because what you need, what you want to do, they keep keep inviting that blitz. If you can stall them, then you know you have, because at the end of the day, the more people they send, the less people they have in coverage. And exactly. if, you can, if you can stall that blitz, you can hit them. Uh-huh. You can hit them hard. So... That's what they have to do. If not, Baker Mayfield is going to be throwing picks for the rest of his career. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So at number 11, we have the New York Jets. Eugene, who would you pick at number 11? Um, Jets got a pretty obvious uh, hole at wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did sign uh, Brashad Perryman. That's a start. Um, might as well take the best receiver on the board, and his name is Jerry Judy. Mm-hmm. The fit with the Jets is that you get – you got speed on both sides of the field now because mm-hmm. uh, Rashad Perryman can run. Jerry Judy can run. The thing with Jerry Judy is he's also a terrific route runner. So mm-hmm. you have somebody that can be possibly a volume catcher for you as well as a deep threat. So that's only going to create space for what you want to do on offense now. Mm-hmm. Um, you 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 protect your quarterback. I mean, and plus you got Sam Darnold. Give him as many weapons as you possibly can. Yeah. And you know, I, a lot of people. I mean, 
it wouldn't hurt to go uh, CD Lamb there either, but I prefer Jerry Judy for the purposes of uh, the short to intermediate routes. He's going to get those very easily, and he's going you're going to be able to go over the top. Slide mm-hmm. though, being able having a guy that can go over the top of your defense on both sides of the field changes everything, and it creates so much space for your running game and for your tight ends and wherever you want to do. So yeah, I'm going Jerry Judy there. I agree. I agree with that pick a lot. Well, the underrated aspect of that pick is because you didn't get to see him too much because I think he was suspended and had some injury. Mm-hmm. Chris Chris Herndon at tight end is yeah. a legit young tight end that can Very really good make plays at the tight end spot. So then you have mm-hmm. you have Brashad Perriman, you have um, Jamison Crowder who's going to be in the slot, um, you have Chris Herndon at the tight end spot, Jerry Judy who you can move all around. He's one of those pieces we talked about earlier. You can move him. He's interchangeable in, when it comes down mm-hmm. to alignment. And then you have um, Le'Veon Bell. And last mm-hmm. year, Le'Veon Bell was under four yards per carry running the football. Yeah. The problem was that offensive line and his running style, it just did not mesh. They yeah. made some moves to go and upgrade the offensive line this, this offseason. Uh, they weren't big splashes, um, but they made some moves. And if they want to make another move, I would say go and sign to a one-year deal, Jason Peters, um, to, to come in and battle for the, one of those tackle spots just to be on the safe side. But, mm-hmm. you know, you get Lev Bell going and then teams start to bring that extra safety in the box, That I think that's the difference between Jerry and CD. When you go press man and you go single high, Jerry can take it over the top and he can win and stack receivers, yep. stack corners, and he's got that 4-4 speed that he can truly mm-hmm. win downfield. CD Lamb is a guy that he's going to be more he's going to be in more contested catch situations than one would yeah. be comfortable with because he doesn't have that legit he run a good 40 don't get me wrong Nikhil Harry also ran a 4-5 in the 40 and he looks exactly. like a baby lamb trying to run trying to run routes it just yeah, is what it is place like it just is what it is guys like he he's not that, four, that listen 40 times is less than play time you know what i see exactly. how you play on the field is the actual time that i'm going with Tony Brown, mm-hmm. four six, I think a four six four in the forty, and we've seen him burn guys his whole entire. Burn guys, so exactly. Don't get don't get hyped up over the forty. Mm-hmm. Jerry Judy is the, you can't really go wrong technically, but for that team, I think Sam Donald and they were quiet seven and nine. Mm-hmm. Saying, if you can get CD Lamb or you know or Jerry Judy continue to upgrade the offense around mm-hmm. Sam Donald, exactly. with a, a weakened. And I say that harsh. I say that realistically. A weakened Patriots offense, you could battle with with those Bills mm-hmm. for this division. Yeah, I agree. Makes sense. Um, at number twelve, we have the Las Vegas Raiders. Who would you pick there, Damian? That's easy. We got uh, number the, the number one receiver, number two receiver going back to back. I'm going C.D. Lamb. Um, mm-hmm. C.D. Lamb is a fit like. The, the 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 comps to DeAndre Hopkins are they have some truth to it, um, you know physical just running backs after the catch, to uh, two guys that you know are especially for CeeDee Lamb he, he can take the screens and he can go 40, 50 yards he's elusive as well he knows how to make guys miss and mm-hmm. whether it's Derek Carr or Mariota um, and he's good in the contested catch situation so it's, it's for guys like that you know like CeeDee Lamb now Grant he. The talent level in the NFL is way different than the Big 12. I don't know. Mm-hmm. The, the only the top corner in, in the Big 12 is Jeff Gladney. I don't know anybody else's name because none of them were any that good. Um, exactly. You know, A.J. Green, but he's going to be like a six-round pick. 
Uh, so it is what it is. But <clears throat> CeeDee Lamb gives them a number one receiver to pair with Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro and Josh mm-hmm. Jacobs in the backfield. That's a team that wants to run the ball heavy and play action. If you can run the ball and get C.D. Lamb going across field, get him be, get him open. Find ways to get him open and allow him – just get the ball in his hands. He's a playmaker. Uh, that's the little difference between him and Jerry Judy. He's a, he's more physical and he's a little mm-hmm. a little more uh, slippery when it comes down to finding a way to get open. Uh, they get mm-hmm. open after the catch. So I'll give him that on C.D. Lamb on, uh, on Jerry Judy. So I think that's the part of the best fit for – uh, for C. Lamb going someplace that's going to, because I think he could be a legit 80, 80 uh, to 90 um, target guy. Oh, yeah. Because he, you know yeah. what I'm saying? He's going to, he's going to get one on ones because I don't think teams are going to, teams aren't going to respect him like that yet. You know what I'm saying? No, he's going to have to prove it. He's going to have to prove it coming Especially in. Especially with Dan and... Waller at tight end. You got exactly. to watch him. He is mm-hmm. a mismatch problem. Yeah, and especially and especially teams are going to be paying attention to Josh Jacobs now, so he's going to get one on one coverage. They're mm-hmm. going to force him to prove it before they give him the the defense gives him that extra attention. Um, but you know he's going to be he's going to be that volume catcher for him. He's going to run the uh, you know the quick comeback routes and he's going to box guys out. Try to use his strength to his uh, to his best ability. Um, I don't think he's going to be like the, the deep threat. No. For them, but he's going to be a volume catcher. He's going to move the chains, and he's going to be a threat in the red zone. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's an excellent pick. Okay, so at number 13, we have the San Francisco 49ers picking. This is a pick they received from the Colts. Mm-hmm. So, um, Eugene, who would you pick at 13? Um, This is the run on wide receivers. So, they're pro- I got the 49ers. It's a lot of talent on the board. It's a lot of guys falling. It <laughs> it's a whole lot of guys falling. Um. It's hard to pass up this uh, defensive and offensive line talent. But uh, if you're the 49ers, you're looking to go right back to the to the Super Bowl, and you're you know you're a few players away. So why not add Henry Ruggs to your offense? Mm-hmm. Now you got now you got Debo, and you got Jalen Hurd coming back, who I actually like. You can put him in the slot. You can run him out of the backfield as well. I think he's going to be an excellent asset to their offense. And now you got Henry Rugg, who represents a deep threat and can also run after the catch for you in the same vein that Debo does. Um, he, he makes your offense more dynamic. He He gives you the ability to maybe win a shootout with the Chiefs this time. Because you have that extra threat of speed over the top. You have that extra option for Jimmy Garoppolo to go after. And he just it, – it makes their offense more dynamic. They're – I mean, you could you could they, you could make their defensive line, like, ridiculously dominant by adding Javon Kinlaw, who was there. Mm-hmm. That would be – oh, my God. That defense <laughs> would be ridiculous. Um, you could do that, but it's an offensive league. you got to put points on the board. So I got the 49ers going after Henry Ruggs. Can you guys actually see three wide receivers going back to back? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I really could because just right now, I mean, listen, the 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 need for for those teams. Now, granted, San Fran could go a couple other places. San Fran doesn't have to go receiver, but they probably will. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they could go Javon Kinlaw or. We could see the Denver Broncos, who who are now being talked about and rumored. The warning 
one of these top three receivers. Um, yeah. Me personally, I have Justin Jefferson ahead of Henry Ruggs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also have, uh, you know, Jalen Rager above Henry Ruggs as well. But if to pair with Cortland Sutton, Denver may go up. Like we talked about off air, they have a ton of picks. And three third rounders, a, a fourth, a second, and a first. They can pair that first with the third and a and a yeah. fifth, and mm-hmm. move up. You know, move just up. two or three spots, and 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 go get Henry Ruggs. So like, I definitely could see the running the wide receivers coming off the board kind of early, back to back actually. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um. So at number four, we have the Tampa Bay. I'm sorry, fourteen. We have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Damian, mm-hmm. who would you pick for Tampa? Uh, you bring in Tom Brady. Um, they do have a need for running back, but listen, this is a deep, deep, deep running back class, and you can grab you can grab one in the fourth round to be completely honest. <clears throat> Antonio yes. Gibson, um, that that uh-huh. would be a complete that would be the the complete weapon that Tom Brady needs at running back is Antonio Gibson out of Memphis. But I'm going offensive line. You've got to protect him. Um, as well as open running lanes, and I'm going Andrew Thomas from Georgia. There you go. Uh, the, you know, probably and, and Eugene is crazy to me. He was he was actually coming into the 2019 season. He was the consensus top offensive tackle. He was but because he because he didn't run a freakish 40 or jump a freakish vertical or whatever the case may be or broad jump. He's just smooth and yeah. he, 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 he gets the job a, done. Yeah, he gets the job done. Now, granted. Can he play a little too high and get a little too high in his stance? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. that's something that you can work with him on. That's coachable, him, hey, yeah. Co- you can coach him out of that. But for the most part, he's te- technically sound. Um, you know, strong guy, knows how to punch well, um, intelligent as well. And you know a, a, a team, you know, playing with DeAndre Swift as his running back, you know he knows how to run block as well as pass protect for Jake Fromm, a, mm-hmm. a guy who's not that mobile, and he's used to that. So I think that's the perfect fit. Put Andrew Thomas um, at, at one of those tackle spots or at left tackle, protect Tom Brady's uh, blind side. Because one mm-hmm. thing about it, when you keep to, we all know, when you keep Tom Brady up, he is the most cerebral and surgical quarterback that we've seen outside of apart. Peyton Manning. He's going to pick you apart. And that's why teams try to move him off that spot. And with those mm-hmm. weapons, you're going to have a hard time trying to keep that offense under 30 points. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, so at 15, we have the Denver Broncos. Eugene, who would you pick at 15? All right, see, now Denver Broncos are screwed because they wanted a receiver, <laughs> and all three of the best receivers just came off the board. That's and why they so, need to move up. Yeah, so more, yeah, more than likely, they will probably trade up. But for the purposes of this mock, we're not doing trades because like I said, we're not we're not trades for Domus. We're not gonna predict none of this stuff. <laughs> um, so the Broncos are sitting on the board and they're looking at Jordan Love, Justin Herbert, Javon Kenlaw, AJ Epinesa, and don't really have much use for none of them. Mm-hmm. Um with the Broncos, you almost gotta go best player available and you gotta take Javon Kenlaw off the board you need I know you need wide receivers you need maybe you could use you can use the offensive tackle as well but I'm not taking Austin Jackson right there no. um you, you got to go BPA and you got to take uh Javon Kenlaw I mean you know he's a dog when you're at your defensive tackle position he's going to help out your defense so and so you just got to get your wide receiver later on in the draft plus you got a you got a boatload of picks mm-hmm. so you can pick up you know Two or three more wide receivers if you need them. That's true. 
go at number 16, Damian, we have the Atlanta Falcons. Who would you pick for, um, for Atlanta? Well, this is one of those situations where I had to scramble a little bit because he took my pick. I was going to pick the Falcons, <laughs> Von Kinlaw, because uh, they definitely need an interior, another interior D-line to go with uh-huh. Jarrett. Um, you know, they're still going to get it. They're, 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 mm, you know what? They do have a need at corner. They do have a need at corner. That's true. Um, they, well, they lost Desmond Trufant, who I think yeah. actually went to Detroit. Um, but yeah. I think he went to Detroit, so that would be good for Jeff Okuda to have a running mate. But for the Falcons, I'm, I'm looking at AJ Epinesa. Okay, and I know the top two corners are off the board. Man, that is rough. It's, a, it's tough. This is a tough one. That's rough, there. This is a tough uh, one. This is this is a trade down. That's yeah, what this, this is. is. Yeah, for me, this would be a trade down. But I'm not the Derrick Brown's gone too because that was, that was the other guy. Yep. I got. I have to go with. Uh, I gotta go with the trenches, man, because you can go corner second round. Give me AJ mm-hmm. Epinesa. AJ Epinesa is mm-hmm. a. He, he he's a hard you know hard hat lunch pail type of guy. Blue collar, hard working, physical, um, at the point of attack. He's not the, he, he is not going to wow you with the athletics. That's not his game. But mm-hmm. you kick him inside. And, and now he, he was a he was a really good pass rusher in college off the edge. Um, you know, and, and he got to the quarterbacks fairly well too. You know, he, he was a monster. But I, I think projecting him as a three more of a three technique, um, you know, lining him beside uh, Grady Jarrett. That allows Dante Fowler and Tack McKinley to come off the edge, give them that one-on-one. And the one thing that, that the Falcons haven't been able to do in, in recent years is rush with four and confidently rush with four. So yeah. for me, I'm giving going AJ Epinesa because I believe he can help with the run game as well on the inside. But then you got that four-man alignment that you truly could just let let them go, let them let them pin their ears back and go after the quarterback, go after Drew Brees, go after Teddy Bridgewater. You know what I'm saying? Uh, go after Tom Brady. You want to be uh-huh. able to get after these quarterbacks because if if you don't, your secondary is right now a question mark. And mm-hmm. with the weapons in your division, if you know you want to build from the front to the back, if you cannot find a, a quality corner that can come in and start right away, you're going to be in some trouble. So I'd rather be able to get pressure Make them force the quarterbacks to get the ball in their hands and let our playmakers make some plays. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. So I'm um, moving on to number 17. We have the Dallas Cowboys. Eugene, who would you pick at 17 for the Cowboys? Um. All right. So this is the part of the draft where it's a drop off in talent. Yeah. I mean, you got two uh, talented players that's fallen in Justin Herbert and Jordan Love. Mm-hmm. But as far as like the blue chip talent. It's, it's a drop-off. So now you got to go for what fits your scheme best, and you got to get the best player available. With the Cowboys, they have a knee at cornerback, but the best cornerback available on – on yeah, I'll say the best cornerback available will be, for them, probably uh, like a guy like a Christian Fulton. Mm-hmm. That is – I would say this is high for them. But it's a scheme fit. And usually what the Cowboys do, they draft for need in the first round and go BPA in the later rounds. And that's kind of a that's kind of a, 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 a strategy that actually works because the Cowboys have drafted very well. So I'm going to put 
Christian Fulton right there. They just lost Byron Jones, so they need somebody to go with uh, Cheeto Ouzier on the other side. Mm-hmm. They got Jordan Lewis as the nickel cornerback. So and they need help in that secondary now. So I could have went. I was thinking about going defensive end with uh, Gross Matos there, but I went with the corner. I mean, because it's that's, that's a little high for Gross Matos as well. But I went with the corner, Christian Fulton. I like that a lot. I like it a lot. Got it. Got it. You have to. You lost Byron Jones, just mm-hmm. so you could pay Dak and Amari, and and I get that. Um, so you definitely need to figure out your plan to get another cornerback in there. Yeah. And I like Christian Fulton. I like him a lot, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's um, a um, he's a player. I mean, and he fits in what they want to do because he's one of those feisty dudes. He's yeah, not pressing. not you know he's not going to make the big spectacular play, but he's he's going to fight you every down and he's yeah. going to be physical. Exactly. And it makes a lot of sense because offensively they really don't need any help. I mean, you can always use help, you know what I mean. But yeah. they were fine last year. And if you're bringing back a lot of your key players, you're, exactly. you're good. They were ranked like third last year. Yeah. So that yeah. would make sense for um the Cowboys defensively. Um, but moving on to number 18, Steeler fans, this is where you would have had a pick. <laughs> this is for the Miami Dolphins. <laughs> Y'all drafted Minka, so, yeah, you know, Minka, yeah. sit this one out to the second round. Yeah, so um, number 18, the Miami Dolphins are picking, and they're getting the Pittsburgh Steelers pick. So, Damien, who would you pick at 18 for the Dolphins? 18 for the Dolphins. So the Dolphins did go in, the, in our mock, you know, Eugene gave the Dolphins um, Tua. and. Mm-hmm. You know, that was probably, that was honestly the perfect thing for them. Uh, they could go a couple different directions here. They have Jordan Howard starting running back, which is not much to start with. Mm-hmm. Um, he's more of a, you know, bruising, change of pace type of guy. Yeah. But, let's see. I'm going to go Edge. And I'm going to go Caleb on Chase on from LSU. Mm. Mm. Now, granted, I know they, we talked about it a couple weeks ago. They did pay a lot of money in, in uh, free agency to, you know, Kyle Van Noy and a couple other guys. Uh, they wanted, One thing about Brian Flores, he's an aggressive play caller. He has no problem sending the house at you. He has no problem making sure he gets the ball out of your quarterback's hands as quick as possible. And then when you look at their corners, that's the, that's the way they want to play in the back end. They want to be sticky in coverage, physical at the point of attack, and stay in the hip pocket of those receivers, which gives pretty much little to no room for error for quarterbacks. But then you add, so Caleb on Chase on would kind of be, I don't know if he could play all three or four downs off the, you know, off the rip, kind of to stop him and defending a run. He's a little light, you know, a little light. Um, he's long, rangy, athletic. What I would do is I would use him as that DPR, that designated pass rusher, a la, mm-hmm. Alden Smith, when he first came in the league, when they had him in huh. San Fran with with uh, when um, uh, Justin uh, Justin Smith, I believe is his name. Um, yeah. So you had the Smith brothers. So you use Alden in that kind of third, you know, third and long, third and eight situation. That you know uh-huh. that that key pass rushing situation. You bring him in. Caleb on Chase on will come in and bring the juice off the edge. You know he's super athletic. He's an uber athlete. Let him come off the edge. He's bendy. Um, he's got long arms. So if you know, and as he develops as a pass rusher and becomes more of a starter, more than the guy coming off the bench early on. But at the end of the day, you bring him in, put him on the edge, and you got him, Christian Wilkins, and a couple other guys on that defense, Kyle Van Noy, 
get after the passer, be aggressive. I think this is the move that, that Brian Flores would love because I think he can coach that young man up to turn him into a flat-out stud. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, so at number 19, we have the Las Vegas Raiders. Now, this is the pick that they received from Chicago. Mm-hmm. So, Eugene, what do you think? What do you have the Raiders picking at 19? Um, the the Raiders' main needs is that wide receiver and that cornerback. So they got their wide receiver already. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking that they probably should go quarterback, uh, cornerback here. And I was looking at Trayvon Diggs. And the reason for that is because they also they got a uh, they got a long, fluid corner that they drafted last year in Trayvon Mullen, kid from Clemson. And Trayvon Diggs is kind of in that same vein. He's a long guy. He's fluid. It's a little bit of questions about his top end speed, but you can you can scheme around that. You can protect him from that. He has excellent ball skills. Um, they and they need help on the outside, especially in that division. Mm-hmm. So I was gonna go Trayvon Diggs and let John Gruden yell at him for a <laughs> couple seasons and whip him in the shape. <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> yeah, I I I like that pick. Um, you know they do. You know he hate young guys. Yeah, no, yeah he does. Um, <laughs> you know they need they need cornerback help, and then they get Jonathan Abrams back next year. Um, mm-hmm. Hopefully, Cleveland Farrell uh, makes the does something. Makes the, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> hopefully, he can can be as productive as Max Crosby was last year. Max takes that mm-hmm. next step. They have Maurice mm-hmm. Hurst on the inside, um, so. They do need a, a linebacker, uh, inside a true inside linebacker, or can whether it's Patrick Queen or Kenneth Murray, they could use either one of them. Yeah. But regardless, you know, getting that extra corner is big, so I like that a lot. Yeah. Um. So moving on to number twenty, we have the Jacksonville Jaguars. This is the pick that they received from the Rams. Um. So you, I'm sorry, Damian, who would you pick at number twenty for the Jaguars? Mm. Man, oh man, like they. We don't know what's going to happen with Yannick Ngakwe. I kind of feel like if he is traded, I think it's going to be during the draft when no one, where everyone least expects it. That's when it's going to happen. But for them, they do have a few needs. Um, they, they got their cornerback. Uh, they need an edge rusher, a defensive line. But honestly, because they lost Calais Campbell. So, when you look at, yeah, that's, that's a little tough one too. I have to go. I'm going against the. I'm going against the grain here. Actually, mm-hmm. um, I'm going to go linebacker, and I'm going to give them mm-hmm. Patrick Queen. Um, mm-hmm. You know, tell, we, we don't know what. I don't know if Telvin Smith like just retired and he's never coming back. I, you know, I, all he said last offseason that he needed he's time. Taking a year off. Yeah, he's yeah. taking a year off. He needed time, and and you know, shout out to him for valuing his mental health and himself. That yeah. much to where I said, listen, I'll walk away from this game and this millions of dollars to make sure mentally I am together. So shout out to him um, and, and, and um, for, for making that choice and forget all of you <laughs> fickle fans that were, ha- were were upset with him for making a decision for him. Um, Take care of yourself. Just because it hurts your team. You know, I, I could see a lot of things, but I'm a, I'm a, re- you know, I'm a relax. Um, but, yeah. you know, because I don't, I hate fickle fans. But um, yeah. for me, I look at Patrick Queen. He's, he, Patrick Queen is more of an inside linebacker than Kenneth Murray is. I like Kenneth Murray mm-hmm. as that Will <clears throat> or Sam linebacker that just tracks the football on the edge and on the, mm-hmm. on the perimeter. Uh, but Patrick Queen is more instinctive. 
Um, and and you, you could tell, especially in the run game, he doesn't just shoot gaps. Um, he doesn't mind taking on blocks. And he's better to me dropping back in coverage. He's more experienced doing it in man coverage and dropping back into deep into zone coverage. Uh, mm-hmm. And they're, both of them are extreme athletes, but I, I'll take the more instinctive player, which is Patrick Queen. I think that's a good fit for that uh, defensive front. That makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. Like, yeah, Patrick Queen, he's a little he's a little bit smaller, but he's very instinctive. He got some speed to him. He's good in coverage. I mean, he – yeah, he's, he's like – he's a legit, uh, you know, modern-day linebacker. Mm-hmm. You got to keep him clean, though. Um, don't yeah, yeah. Uh, you don't want him you don't want him fighting off blocks from offensive linemen because he's going to end up on his back. Yes. But if you if you keep him clean, you allow him to run and chase and use his instincts to the best of his ability. He's going he he, he solidifies you in the middle of that defense. Yeah, mm-hmm. most definitely, most definitely. All right, so moving on to number twenty one, we have the Philadelphia Eagles. Eugene, who would you pick for your Eagles at twenty one? Um, at 21, it's like the worst kept secret in the entire NFL that the Eagles like Justin Jefferson at 21. <laughs> and it's like everybody and their mama knows it. But um, more than likely, in reality, it's not probably going to happen because if everybody knows it, somebody else probably likes Justin Jefferson, they're going to jump right ahead of him. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the rumors here this past week has been like the Eagles are going to take either uh, Patrick Queen or Kenneth Murray. But I call BS on that. Because they don't value the linebacker position at all, especially in the first round. Last right. time they drafted a linebacker was 1979. Oh wow! In the first round, last time they drafted a linebacker in the first round was 1979. Um, but they do need one, and Kenneth Murray is sitting right there. But also, Justin Jefferson is still sitting right there, and they need help at wide receiver more than they need help at linebacker. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna give make the obvious choice and put Justin Jefferson in Philly. Yeah. But he helps out because they got, they got nothing at wide receiver and they're expecting Deshaun Jackson back. He gives you speed on the outside. You can put Justin Jefferson in the slot and you can rotate him up to the outside. Uh, you can ease him into the outside reps as you see fit, help mm-hmm. him get all, get help him get his releases a little bit better. But in the meantime, he can be a volume catcher in the slot and gives him another weapon for uh, Carson Wentz. So it's a scheme fit. Makes sense. So at 22, we have the Minnesota Vikings. This is the pick they've received from Buffalo. Mm -hmm. So, Damian, who would you pick for the Vikings at 22? The Vikings, uh, you know, they lost three. I think they lost all three starting three of their four starters uh, when they go into their dime package. They lost uh, Xavier Rhodes, um, Trey Waynes as well as Mackenzie Alexander. I think the last two, uh, Alexander and Waynes, both went to Cincinnati. Um, so they they have Mike Hughes, but they need uh, and, and Holton Hill and some other young guys. But I think they should go cornerback here as well. And I'm looking at AJ Terrell from Clemson, yeah. uh, height, weight, speed type of guy. You know, he's a good athlete, long, long, uh, long, slender frame. Um, you know, a lot of people. Last remem- memory of him, and, and, and well, it wasn't a good one. Was against Jamar Chase, you know, in the uh, national championship game. Mind you, uh, if you go back and actually watch the tape, Jamar Jamar Chase didn't destroy him in all, all of those routes. Um, he was there on a lot yeah, of he plays. Was there he was on there. a lot of plays, but I got to give Joe Burrow credit. He put the ball where it, only he could, where mm-hmm. his guy could get it, and um, and 
that's that. But other than that, you go back and check his tape. AJ Terrell is a good player. And I think, you know, you put him, you know, he's a guy, He I think he's about 6'1", 6'2", somewhere in there, 4'4", uh, four, four guy. He can play press man. Um, and I also think he has the the requisite skills to play off coverage and click and close um, and just get kind of get a, bit, a little bit better at di- diagnosing route, combi- right, route combos and combinations. But other than that, I think you have a legit uh, first-round pick there in him. Uh, and, and it's not a high pick. It's in the mid-20s. So the value is there for those who like to look at value in the first round. So mm-hmm. give me A.J. Terrell. That's okay. a good fit. Good now, fit. Like that Trey you. Wayne's re- uh, replacement. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, at 23, we have the New England Patriots. So, Eugene, <laughs> who would you pick for the Patriots at 23? I think Dane would drive all the way down to Philly and strangle me if I did not take <laughs> <laughs> Jordan Love right here. <laughs> Yep, I ain't going to work tomorrow if you do. <laughs> so I, I feel very pressured into drafting Jordan Love right here. <laughs> he said, I feel pressure. I'm glad you feel that pressure. I wasn't going to say nothing. I was like, oh, well, I don't got my Patriots again, so let me see what he does. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm know. taking Jordan Love right here. It just makes too much sense. Uh, Bill Belichick needs another quarterback that he can make into a Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, and Jordan Love is right there. He's got all types of talent. So it, it's a it's a match made in heaven. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, I I know he the, Bill Belichick has been in, in, in the Patriots front office and scouting department has been in contact with uh, Jordan Love. I think he's done the little FaceTime interviews and stuff with him as well. Mm-hmm. I would love this pick, but for some reason, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I I like Jared Stidham, uh, and, and I've said this multiple times. If Tom Brady was still going to be there for two more years, and I could have ensured that he had time to sit and work on his, his progressions and his decision making as a quarterback, because he's thrown he's prone to throw throw bad interceptions, even in the preseason he did that a few times. Um, actually, they brought him in, in I think in spot up duty, and they benched him because he in the regular season because he threw yeah. a pick. Uh, and they got pissed off and they pulled him. Um, wow. So I'm not too confident in that. And so if I can get Jordan Love, I'm all for it. But I do – I don't know. This is the draft that I'm – I really – usually I have an idea, like, you know, where we what we're going to do. Like, oh, okay, we're going to pick a center. Like, yep, I figured that. Uh, we're going to – you know, I could kind of – I can kind of gauge it. This year I'm not too sure, man. So mm. I, I would love Jordan Love, but I'm not going to lie to you. I could see Cesar Ruiz. Um, mm. I can see. I, 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 I would love to see Kenneth Murray being coached up by Bill by Bill Belichick. I would love to see him in in it because our front our linebacker core is one of the most unathletic linebacker cores in the league. I don't understand mm. it. I don't understand it. You can't cover <laughs> tight ends. You can't cover running backs with these guys. But and Kenneth Murray would be a perfect fit for him. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, I would love Jordan Love. So I'm I'm I, hey I'm, I'm with you on that one. Are the Patriots um are they going to have the same defensive players coming back? Yeah, for them. Yeah, well, we, we lost uh, Danny Shelton. Uh, they traded away Deron Harmon. Uh, to D- we lost both of them to Detroit. Um, well, actually, I think we lost Jamie Collins to Detroit as well. Um, mm. So yeah, uh, if there is a favor that Bill Belichick can call in to go get Tua. Um, you know, it should be mm-hmm. to, 
to you know Matt Patricia for allowing you to build up your defense with guys that was on mine last year. So <laughs> yeah, we definitely, I could see him going to to uh, pretty much elevate that defense more because we did lose some key starters. And okay. of course, we lost Kyle Van Noy as well to the Dolphins. Um, oh. So yeah, we we do have some some spots we need to fill on defense too. Yeah. Um. So at twenty four, we have the New Orleans Saints. Damian, who would you pick for the Saints at twenty four? Hmm. The Saints at twenty four. The Saints actually is what I have been mocking. Um, Jordan Love to, um, mm. to to sit for those next two years behind Drew Brees, but the Saints could. They have a couple spots they can go. They can go offensive line, linebacker, safety. But I'm actually going to go with linebacker. I, I really love Demario Davis. Um, he is a baller over there in, in the <coughs> linebacker position. So I'm going to give him a running mate because I, I don't believe Kenneth Murray. Has Kenneth Murray been taken? No. No, and that's exactly where I'm going. I'm going mm. Kenneth Murray because for me, you you want to get you want to continue to get faster and physical. Um, at the at, at, on defense, and I think Demario Davis as a mentor um, and as a teacher would be perfect for Kenneth Murray to help him with those false steps and you know and, and the recognition issues and you know because sometimes he's just speed, speed, speed. I want to shoot off. The, I want to shoot the gaps. I want to shoot off the ball. Sometimes you have to be patient and process what's going on and react. Mm-hmm. Sometimes mm-hmm. he doesn't want to react. He just wants to go and. A guy like Demario Davis, who's a tackling machine, he go, he drops into coverage, he blitzes, he does a little, little bit of everything for the Saints defense, and he's one of the more underrated players in the league. I think that pairing would really be great, um, especially if you look at the running back that they had to face in Christian McCaffrey. Um, mm-hmm. You know, hopefully a, a healthier Todd Gurley. You know, you need to have linebackers that can run and 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 hit and attack those guys, and I think Kenneth Murray's a perfect fit. Yeah. Um, at 25, yeah. we have the Vikings picking again. 25. So, Eugene, who would you pick for the Vikings at 25? All right. The Vikings, they just uh, they filled their need at cornerback. Now they need to fill their need at wide receiver because they just traded away uh, Stephon Diggs. Um, I got them taking Denzel Mims here. Uh, he, I, was, I say I put Mims here more as a scheme fit than like the best talent available. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you put, you put in, you put in Mims on the outside. You got to have Thielen on the other side. You can alternate Thielen between the slot and the outside either way, but Thielen is an excellent route runner. He's going to catch the ball. He's going to run after the catch Mims. You can, you can take him downfield a little bit. He can be your contested catch guy. He's got a, a huge catch radius and he's not a bad route runner. Like usually Usually your tall guys are not going to be the best route runners just because they they can't they don't have the hips for it. Mm-hmm. But with Denzel Mims, he can be a contested catch guy. He can pretty much he can be everything. Get everything with with uh, what's his name Laquan Treadwell. Yeah, pretty much a little bit more with a little bit more speed, a little bit more fluidity. But you know he's he's a guy that another weapon for Kirk Cousins and. He's, he can keep the defense honest, so they don't got to – if they put eight in the box to stop Delvin Cook, now you can go over their heads with Denzel Mims. And then and then on the short to intermediate routes, you can use Adam Thielen. So it's a it's a scheme fit. It makes that offense go. And, um, yeah, so I'm going Denzel Mims to the Minnesota Vikings. Makes sense. 
So at 26, we have the Miami Dolphins picking for a third time in the first round. And this is the pick they received from Houston. So, Damian, who would you pick for the Dolphins at 26? For the Dolphins, well, we gave them uh, Tua and Chason. And what else do they have? A couple other needs. They do need offensive tackle. Um, I'm not one to reach, though. That's just kind of... You know, Allen Iverson taught us a long time ago. You reach, I teach. You, don't reach, you reach, I teach. And that's just kind of what you don't do even in the NFL draft because, you know, you just make mistakes that way. Um, mm-hmm. And as we talked about earlier, the offensive tackle class is deep and you can get someone else later. So yeah. I am going to go with a luxury pick because anytime you have multiple first-rounders, you know, especially three, dear God, you have three first-rounders, yes. one of them have to be a luxury pick. So for me... Exactly. I'm going to go with, I'm going to go running back, um, and because I, I, my my mindset is I want to be able to speed up this rebuilding process, and with Tua, and then Chase on, I, I got to stick with the SEC, and I'm going mm. DeAndre Swift. Give me DeAndre uh. Swift to pair in that backfield with Tua. Um, Can't go wrong. Tua, you may not he, he may not be paired with them for their rookie years, and that's fine. But going forward, you have two legitimate players, two of the best mm-hmm. players in the SEC these past couple seasons, and you have a complete running back in DeAndre Swift. And we saw last year Tua's development with being able to read the, his receivers, see that there's nothing there, and checking it down to Damian Harris. Now you give him DeAndre Swift, and he checks it down to a guy who not only has power, he has speed, but he's elusive and quick, that he can make plays after the catch. Um, and, of course, they just kind of work, you know, coincide with each other where the defenses have a decision to make. Like, how do we defend that RPO with Tua and DeAndre Swift? I think that's how you speed up a rebuild. And, and, and this is – because that team – I don't think the Miami Dolphins are that far off from fighting for that newly <laughs> – Found wild card spot. Um, mm. If they, if they, we keep talking about icing the cake, if they ice the cake in this draft, especially in this first mm-hmm. round next week, they can see themselves as a playoff team next year under Tua. If they take Tua under Tua's tutelage, if it's in my yeah. opinion, if they go Justin yeah. Herbert, mm, uh, does that does, does that not go against what you were saying a couple of weeks ago about not drafting a running back when you're rebuilding? Was it okay to do because they have three first-round picks? Yeah, so for me, because they have so many mm-hmm. picks, I'm good with it. And like I said, I think that speeds up the rebuild. They spend, you know, we know that they spend a lot of money on a lot of quality players. So defensively, I expect them to be not a juggernaut, but I think defensively they are going to be really good defense. Oh yeah. Um, and, and like I said, second, third round, you you could double up on the offensive line, continue to, to rebuild that up. Mm-hmm. But you have weapons like, you know, like you said earlier, Eugene, Devontae Parker, um, mm-hmm. uh, God, Preston drop, Williams, Preston Williams, and, and uh, uh, the tight end, Seki, Mike Gusecki. Yeah. I truly mm-hmm. believe he is going to be a monster this year. Oh yeah. Um, in, in, in that offense, because they use him as a big slot. They use him, they starting to move him around a lot. So I think bringing that, that extra talent, because like I said, this is to me, but to me, this is all contingent on drafting Tua. You get mm-hmm. Tua, and you get that second year. Or he comes into, quote-unquote, his Ben Simmons rookie year. I mm. think they could truly <laughs> be a, a problem offensively. They mm-hmm. have a full offseason. You have Tua. That, you know, like I said, that offensive line, will be, they'll be meshed together for a full season. And then you look mm-hmm. at the weapons, Tua, Swift, 
Gasecki, Preston, Devontae. That is yeah. a that is a legitimately yeah. little talent group. And they're all young. Yeah. That's the crazy part. Yes. They're all young. So it's they're like, all young. Yeah, that's we yeah, can they got defense and keep keep offenses from scoring twenty five to thirty points on us. Mm-hmm. Our, our offense can score 22 to 25 to 28 points. And that's exactly. kind of what my thought process was. Yeah, because like a, a young quarterback's best friend is a running game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they can use DeAndre Swift in a running game. And plus, uh, if Tua gets back there and he don't like what he sees going downfield, he can just check the ball down to uh, DeAndre Swift and he can get he can get you 10 yards running. And they got with, say assuming they got Tua and assuming they got Swift, you have young weapons at every point position on the field and yeah. they they could be and like give them a year or two with good coaching they will be a very dynamic offense. Brian, and I like Brian Flores as a coach um and, and those guys fought hard for him to close the season they could legit, mm-hmm. they could have legit went 0 and 16 like the way yeah they, they could have packed it in they could have um, they could have quit they on they wanted to win for him because they know if we came out and and honestly Brian Flores could say I'm the reason Tom Brady's not in New England anymore like you know, he could he could throw that out there because you guys yeah. didn't get that first round by, which probably would have gotten you to the AFC Championship game. But mm-hmm. instead, you played, you know, you played week one, something you're not used to doing, and you had a piss-poor offense anyway. So it is what it is. So I think, you know, like you said, give them a year or two. That's kind of where my mindset is. Because uh, to your point, Shannon, my thought process with teams – Drafting running back. So you, you, if you're a team that you really are not even in the, if your window of contention is outside of three years, do not draft the running back. That's kind of where I, mm-hmm. where I'm at with it because you're going to mm-hmm. run that running back into the ground, and by the time that you're ready to compete, he's a shell of himself. He's not yeah, the same guy. Be gone. Yeah, his legs are gone. He's taking too many hits. Things like that. Mm-hmm. that's why I worry about Christian McCaffrey and. uh and people throw out, well, he's more than just a running back. Okay, you're making my point because yeah, exactly. he's going to get those 15 to 20 carries and he's going to get 10 targets as well. Mm-hmm. So he's essentially getting about 30 touches. And touches a game. He's going to get hit a lot more. He's going to get hit 35 times. So I'm just saying, like, you're making my point telling me he's not just a running back. I know he's going to get hit a lot more than he should, mm-hmm. and that's the problem. Yeah. 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 Um, so at twenty seven we have the Seattle Seahawks. Eugene, who would you pick for twenty seven with um for the Seahawks at twenty seven? Yeah, Seahawks is so weird because they draft weird every year. <laughs> but um I'm gonna go. Um well we know that they, they want help on the defensive end and they haven't they haven't reached any type of agreement with Clowney yet. Mm-hmm. So I say um they go uh with gross matos mm, like here. That. And because they like their defensive ends kind of be to be kind of tweeners, I see what they're doing. It seems like it seems like they want to have a whole bunch of uh, guys between like you know two seventy and two eighty. You want to have all four of them across the board, and you can alternate them between defensive tackle, defensive end, and they all got rush ability. Gross Matos is a guy going forward. Uh, it's, it's a projection, but going forward, he could be a guy that can do that. He can give you some speed rushes. Uh, from the inside, but in the meantime, you can put him straight at that defensive end and tell him get after the quarterback. He's a little raw. He needs to get uh, you know his pass rush moves uh, going. He needs to get his hand technique a little bit better. But you know that's that's what the coaches are there for. And at this point in the draft, he gives you immediate pass rush help on the defensive line. So I'm going to uh, Utor Gross Matos there. Utor. 
right, so at twenty eight, Damien, mm-hmm. we have we have my Baltimore Ravens. Who would you pick for the Ravens at twenty eight? Oh man, so it's like everybody I would have picked is almost gone at this point. Yes, uh, we always end up trading back. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly Justin Herbert is not going to get drafted in the first round. Not in this mob. Thought about that. No, nope, he's not. Uh, yeah. we'll, we'll see. There's still a chance. Um, yeah. we'll mm. see. Uh, but for the for the Baltimore <laughs> Ravens, man. Um, because I really like I've been saying this this whole time. I would just, as a fan of Kendall Murray, I would love to see him in Baltimore. Um, but he's off the board. So, mm. huh, you guys have offensive line needs too. Um, losing Marshall Yonda. Um, I could go. I, I, I definitely want to give you guys a receiver, but it's just too too rich for my blood. I can't give you one right now. Yeah. Um, I, I do look at value as well. I just can't do it. So I am going to go with. I want to give you Caesar Ruiz. No, wait, is he still available? Yeah, he's there. Yeah, like I'm. I thought I, I did that in one of my other mock drafts. Um, so I'm giving <laughs> you guys Caesar Ruiz. Um, because he can play center and guard. Um, and he's a physical. He's, he's listen. You talk, you pop on the tape. You see six four three twenty, and you see his mm. movement skills. How athletic mm-hmm. he is. How strong he is. He is a. He's kind of to me, like you see him in that Ravens jersey. He's like, yep, that, he's a Raven. Like, That's he, a Raven. He, he looks mm-hmm. like a Raven. a Raven. Like he he plays like one. And with yeah, your big. with your with your offenses too, like he's a guy. That if you guys start bringing in Justin Justin Hill, Justice Hill. To run like screenplays, he's a guy that can move. He's a guy mm-hmm. that that will also keep uh, Lamar Jackson protected um, from the interior. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm definitely going Caesar Ruiz. Go ahead and put him at that guard spot, unless uh, the the center spot is is more so where you need him. Either way, go ahead and upgrade your interior offensive line. I'm not saying he's going to be Marshall Yonder or anything, but um, he's not a he, he's not a bad uh, bad prize to have after after right. losing the Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Um, so at 29, we have the Tennessee Titans. Eugene, who would you pick for the Titans at 29? Um, this is a tough one. All right, so the Titans are close, and I would go Justin Herbert here, but they they really they seem to like uh, what's his face? Tannehill. They like Tannehill. Um, but I'm drafting Justin Herbert here anyway because how much can you really like <laughs> Brian Tannehill? <laughs> I mean, really. So, uh, yeah, I'm drafting Justin Herbert here. And, I mean, worst-case scenario, you got two good quarterbacks. Somebody's willing to trade for him. He, I mean, it's – come on now. It's Ryan Tannehill. What's he – I mean, how – how? I mean, what's the real upside of Ryan Tannehill in that in that Titans offense? You know, I, at best, I say maybe, you know, he's a good game manager. I don't think he's going to be – you know, some type of Pro Bowl quarterback. Not saying Justin Herbert is, but I'm sure. I think sometimes people people forget that when you're when a player is playing with their backs up against the wall, like you've mm-hmm. already been released from one team, you're coming into another team, you're the backup yeah. for that team, and now you're coming in as a starter for whatever reason. That player's mentality is different when you have no expectations. Now, when we pay you and we have expectations, yeah, that's a different really story. See what it is with a player. So, if Tannehill is mm-hmm. like, whatever, you know, like, yeah, I, I would yeah. do the same thing. There's nothing wrong with drafting a quarterback with, with him being there. Not yeah, at especially at this point. All right. So, at 30, 
and Damien be nice. Uh. At 30, we have the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> so, Damien, who would you pick for the Green Bay Packers? <sighs> Packers, they have a... I'm not going to lie. If you didn't take Herbert, I was putting Herbert with the Packers. Oh, with um, Packers. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Just, uh, just, uh, Jordan Love is gone. Justin Herbert's gone. So, they, I can't give him a, a quarterback first round. Um, they they drafted Jay Sternberger, who I liked in the third round last year. Uh-huh. Yeah, we'll see how how he works. Aaron Rodgers is really not a guy that targets tight ends that much. Um, mm-hmm. It's not really his thing. You know, he he, uh-uh. he loves his receivers. Um, outside guy. Yeah, he's more of an outside guy. They they lost Brian Bulaga. They brought in Rick, Rick Wagner, but it's a short term deal. I, they I, for me, I think they may need to go. I'm saying you gotta go off, offensive line. Um, mm. And I'm looking at so I'm looking at tackle. Second, look at my board here. So who do we have left? Jesus. Austin or Ezra? Yeah. <laughs> Gee, uh, well, yeah. It's go, it's it's going. I, I, I like what, Ezra, what? but I I like mm. Austin Jackson. But I like his potential more because you, you remember coming into this year, he was coming off that bone marrow surgery that he did. Yeah. To, save his sister's life and that caused him physically to not be the same player he's a little um, bit weaker so, yeah he's, he was weaker um and everything like that but so coming having a year to you know, rebound from that and coming into this year he's uh, from not from what i've read he's 100 percent back to who he who, who we uh knew he would be uh mm-hmm. coming after the, after the 2018 season so i'm going to go austin jackson um because you can put him at either tackle spots he could be your swing tackle uh, since you have Rick Ragnar, or you could let him and Rick Ragnar battle it out, um, because you got David Bautier, who's going to be a free agent in 2021. So mm. you can you, you can kind of work that how you want to, but upgrade the offensive line. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is not getting any younger. He's had two collarbone injuries. Yeah, you need to protect him at this point. Yeah, make sure uh, you know, make sure he doesn't get hurt anymore. Um, but at the same time, at some time, whether it's this this class or next class, you need to Brett Favre him and you need to find his Aaron Rodgers to Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Makes sense. All right. So we're going to move on to 31 for the NFC representative, representative for the Super Bowl, the San Francisco mm-hmm. 49ers. So, Eugene, who would you pick for the 49ers? Um. I was looking I was looking at Jonathan Taylor. I think that would be an amazing addition for their offense they would be so hard to defend but you got i got to look at their uh their cornerback position and richard sherman isn't getting any younger they drafted a kid uh a killer witherspoon he's a long kid i didn't like him coming out of college because he is allergic to tackling <laughs> but um and, and and it came that came to be true because yeah. they benched him they benched him because he's, you know, allergic to tackling and de- doesn't <laughs> doesn't like to cover a whole lot either. So I'm taking Jeff Gladney right here Ooh, at 32. I like it. Um, yeah, he's he he's he's the opposite of Akilah Witherspoon. He's Akilah Witherspoon is a long, lanky cornerback. He's a, more of a shorter, compact guy. Um, but Jeff Gladney is a dog. I, he he got no problem laying hands on people. He's got no problem being physical. He's got no problem hitting people. And he's one of those quick twitch athletes. He's fast enough to cover uh, the deep routes. He's just he's just a solid player. If you if you don't feel comfortable with him on the outside, being as though he's only five ten, then you can put him in the in the slot and he can be your nickel cornerback. 
but I think he's just a very safe player because he has one the athletic ability to play the cornerback position. Two, he has the mentality of the cornerback position where as though say like he gets beat one play, he's still going to line up to you talking trash and he's going to try to hit you the next play. So he's got that short memory where where he's not going to get down on himself and he's going to fight you every play. And plus he has the physical ability to fight you every play. So I'm going to go Jeff Gladney to the 49ers. I like that. Jeff Gladney is one of my favorite corners yes. in this class too. So yeah, that's, yeah. That's yeah. a good fit there. That's a good I'm fit. high on Jeff Gladney. Me, me as well. Me as well. I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying not to, to throw him up. Like, I don't know. He's like maybe four on my list. Yeah, cornerback uh, three or four. Yeah, cornerback three or four. I'm just I haven't for me. I haven't, I haven't finished my big board, my final big board yet. Uh, I'll do that probably tonight or tomorrow. But mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I like that move. All right, and last but not least, we have the Super Bowl champions, Kansas City Chiefs. Damian, who would you pick for the Chiefs at thirty-two? To shut this, to shut it down and close it out, I gotta give uh, quick condolences to my dude uh, Gregory Dunson, a friend of the show. Um, cause I know that he's not going to like this pick. Um, hmm. I know he's not, uh, it's not Swift though. You know, Swift is already gone. Greg, it's going to be JK mm. Dobbins though. Um, mm. JK Dobbins, my second running back on my, on my board, um, mm-hmm. in front of Jonathan Taylor. I just, I just really like JK a little better. Um, mm. a little bit better. Uh, JK is a, just a powerful runner, a, a physical, physical runner. With speed, he can catch the ball in the backfield. He can make you miss. He doesn't mind uh, protecting his quarterback. So then you add that into that that offense that they have in Kansas mm-hmm. City. It's going. It, it, it's a problem. It's a, it's a straight up. Problem. It's a whole problem. It's a whole problem for years to come because that is yeah. also what that does. That gives them that five year window with him because first mm-hmm. round picks get the fifth year option. So right, now exactly. you have a premier talent at running back. It's no more, yeah, Damian Williams will be a change of pace guy. Uh, or, or you use the young kid that you drafted, uh, I believe, out of Utah State last year. Um, you know, you bring him in. But for a starter going forward, if you're going to pay Patrick Mahomes like they want to, give him, mm-hmm. continue to, to draft well and give him the best available talent, no more, no more average guy. Damian Williams is an average running back. It just is what it is. A lot of people like him, but he's an average guy. You understand what I'm saying? I'd rather have a dog back there. I'd rather have yeah. someone that, in, in the words of Gus Johnson, his, you know, go and get it and come back with it. I need J.K. Mm-hmm. Dobbins to, yeah. take the, to take the reins at the running back position. He can be that bruiser. He can do everything that they need him to do. And Kansas City will be even more of a problem for the next four to five years. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you get a three down running back and you got Pat Mahomes throwing the ball to him. And, and the thing with Andy Reid is he 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 wants his his running backs to be receivers. Mm-hmm. So he's going to get he's going to get J.K. out in space. He's going to get him on the screen. J.K. Dobbins is on the screen with two blockers in front of him. What, what you going to do with that? Your it's, safeties it's, are already deep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, your safeties, safeties are already, already deep because they 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 running about they worry about Tyreek. It's yeah that 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 makes that offense and a whole problem. It's and it's going to be so much they can do with that. The scariest aspect of it, y'all, is because he would be the piece that they that teams can't focus on. Mm-hmm. He's that he'll be the piece that teams can't focus on. You got to focus on Tyreek Hill. You have mm-hmm. to focus on Travis Kelsey. And Pat yep. Mahomes himself, you have to focus on and compare bodies to. 
So then J.K. Dobbins is walking out of the huddle like, well, looks like it's going to be maybe a little bit of easy sledding for me. Because Seven-man box. Yeah, seven-man. Like, legitimately, he's going to have a light front, and he's going to know I have the green light. And mm-hmm. Pat Mahomes, he, he, especially if Pat Mahomes continues to take those steps mentally, where yep. he's, he's reading everything pre-snap, and he's like, well, this is more of a run situation. And he and he checks it at the line mm-hmm. with a light front, two deep safeties, cornerbacks all over the field. Good, hey, good luck, man. Yeah, good luck <laughs> good with luck. that. Good, good luck. luck defending that. They start using mm-hmm. Travis Kelsey to, to dictate coverage, like we used mm-hmm. to do with Gronk. See if see if you in man the zone. Yeah. I'm telling you, good luck because when he runs that, you think it's an RPO and it's actually inside zone. And if they have it blocked, oh yeah, it's, it's going, going sixty. And going he's 60, got breakaway speed. <laughs> and this house, and it's going to the house, and, yep. and that's scary. You know, mm-hmm. that is, with that, with that <laughs> offense, with that quarterback, with that coach, they're coming off a Super Bowl. They want yeah. another one. That is terrifying. You know yes. what I'm saying? Like, Grant, the top honestly, teams if, in the AFC yeah, is if, the Baltimore and Kansas City. Yeah, if they got any one of these top five running backs, that is a that's very terrifying. Yeah, it really doesn't matter. It, it really doesn't matter. Cam Akers mm-hmm. is still a problem. Jonathan yeah. Taylor is a problem. The it's, yeah, a whole is problem. A problem. It doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't really matter at this point. Uh, dear God, if they get Clyde Edwards Hilaire, you oh, like, oh, come on, bro. Like talking about you, dump offs. Like yeah, you, you gonna be watching day underneath. Yeah, you gonna be watching yeah. Brian West, Westbrook all over again if they get uh, Edwards Hilaire. That's, <laughs> that's, that's what you gonna see. I call and, him It's mine too. Yeah, because they they play he plays so similar to him. Brian Westbrook probably one of my he favorite. Does. Running backs of all oh, time. God, he doesn't yes. get enough credit um, for just being an absolute, an absolute problem, an absolute stud. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. I mean, Kansas City, listen, man. Kansas City is the last team anybody wants to see get, get an elite running back. Like, oh, yeah. It, it, it's facts. You know, that's what, mm-hmm. cause at the same time, that's like saying, well, let's give the Baltimore Ravens an elite pass rusher mm-hmm. or give yeah. them an elite receiver prospect. You, right. You know, and... and Granted, and I, as much a due to the the lack of accuracy that Lamar has on the outside the numbers, uh, I think he'll get better with that. So then you give him an elite receiver, and it's like, well, uh-huh. um, so here we are. It's a uh-huh. problem. You know, yeah. he can run the ball with the with anybody, and now yeah. Lamar Jackson continues to develop, and he's able to hit guys in stride running down the sideline, putting it where it needs to be, uh, putting the ball where it needs to be placed. Like, it's what you gonna do with that? It's it's a conundrum that no one will ever be able to figure out. Yeah, yeah. Um. Well, that's the episode for this week. I can't wait to see if the picks that you guys made match up with the teams. Um. The draft this week will be Thursday, um, first round at eight p.m. Friday rounds two through three starting at seven, and then Saturday rounds four through seven starting at twelve p.m. So it'll be a fun next couple of days and a fun weekend. Oh yeah. Did yes, you guys have anything else you wanted to say? Uh, Eugene, what do, I, what, do, what do we always say at the end of these shows? Ah, uh, uh, let's see. Let's see. At the end of the what, show, what, what um, hands, man. That's all. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, because, I mean, people, we, 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 we love y'all. Everybody, we love our, our listeners. We love people in general. And we want y'all to be safe. And we want Indeed. y'all to be, yeah, we want y'all to be healthy. We want your kids to be safe. We want all your loved ones to be safe. So please, from from the bottom of my heart, from our show to your homes, 
wash your damn hands, please, everybody. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, right. uh, but the only thing I actually have to say is um, with all the traffic that we've been getting these past couple weeks, and I will like to say, Eugene, and, and, and we can say this because we know what it was like before. I, mm-hmm. I will, t- I, listen, I, I like to, I don't believe in coincidence. Well, mm. I sometimes, but I like <laughs> to connect the dots. And for me, since we got the lovely Shannon on the show, our numbers mm-hmm. have gone up, you know, drastically. You know, yes, that's um, yes, that's that's not by accident. No, it's not by accident. So she, you know, we Aww. want to give a big shout out to the lovely Shannon Fitch. Uh, yes, for, you know, for for bringing all the energy and, and everything that she brings to this show. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and like I said, it's it should the numbers, like what's that saying? Numbers don't lie. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. In this case, they really don't lie. Because uh, we've been doing great numbers, and uh, especially for uh, a, a podcast that really just is just starting out. We're, we haven't even hit just 20 episodes yet. Um, yeah. You know, it, it, so it's just, it's amazing. So, Shannon, we thank you uh, for your presence and everything you've been doing. Thank sure. you. Thank you, guys. Uh, yeah, for sure. But other than that, guys, continue to like, subscribe, and share. Um, you're doing a good job with that so far, so continue to do that. We appreciate y'all, and just continue to, to give us as much love as feedback. we as much, yeah, as much feedback, as much love as we're mm-hmm. going to give you content because we're going to bring it to you every week. And right. I promise you, when we get closer to the season, we may, you know, we're gonna have a lot, a lot to give you, a whole lot. It won't just be NFL oh, draft yeah. stuff. It's gonna be NFL, mm-hmm. college, whatever. We will have a lot to bring to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's right. like definitely. Yeah, tell us, uh, you know, tell us what y'all think. Uh, go on iTunes, give us a uh, give us a rating. If you got a question, you got a topic you want us to hit, let us know. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we're on all platforms, all social medias. Find us mm-hmm. and uh, let us know what you want to hear. We'll talk about it. Oh yeah. All right. Okay. Well, until next time. Talk to you guys later. Later. <laughs>